So hello, all my Be In Demand listeners. Today, I have a special treat for you. And I know I always say that, but today we're going to be talking all about sales. I am bringing on an expert in sales. And I know that this is a weak spot in so many people that both that I work with and that I just like see out there in the online world. So let's get on to the show. You're listening to Be In Demand, the podcast for honest advice, inspiring stories, and ideas for growing your business by leveraging the expert that you are. I'm your host, Lorian Mirabito, business mentor, and I'm also a reformed, painfully shy girl, red wine lover, and exercise enthusiast. Join me as I share how being positioned as the expert in your industry, even if it's a busy one, will help you stand out and be the one in demand to hire and work with. Hello, hello again. Here we go out. Here is Jeremy DeMerchant is a sales team turnaround specialist, international bestselling author, award-winning speaker, and he is the host of the Sales Team Rescue podcast. Jeremy got hooked on sales at the age of 14, and he never let go, quickly finding his place leading high-performance sales teams by the age of 19. He's done frontline sales and run teams for some of North America's leading companies in telecom, banking, insurance, and education, ending his corporate career after leading a small sales team to a record-breaking, love this number, eight-figure sales year. In 2014, he launched Permission to Sell Consulting Group with a vision of helping grow it to grow sales teams all around the world. Since then, he's had the opportunity to help businesses from Santa Monica to Singapore to double their sales in as little as a few weeks. Boy, am I ready to learn from you. <laughs> hey, Jeremy, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So just to get us started. Would you tell me something that you are super proud of? Hmm. I ask all my guests this like question, oh. just to kind of warm us up. A, What's something that you're of. super proud of? Um, I think, you know, there, there's a few things. I've, I've had a lot of big wins uh, in my career. Uh, and I think the biggest <clears throat> thing that I'm proud of, actually, uh, you mentioned in my intro, award-winning speaker. And now... In 2013, when I left my corporate job, mm. I went to a training program on how to build a coaching business because I knew that's the direction I wanted to go in. And when I got there, the coach, it was a three-day event and I was essentially broke. I think I borrowed gas money to get to this event. And when I got there on day two, the coach had said, look, each one of you guys here that are learning, uh, you need to be up on stage tomorrow with a 20 minute speech, some kind of experiential component and an offer at the end, even if the offer doesn't exist. And I'm like, uh, what? And so I stayed up all night writing this presentation. And I, up to this point, I'd never spoken to a group that wasn't my own sales team. So I was kind of freaking out. And I got up there and I said, my name is Jeremy DeMerchant. And they're like, we can't hear you, what? And okay, and they're three feet away from me. We can't hear you. Okay, it might have been six feet, but we can't hear you. And I looked over and I had like microphone on like Tony Robbins style and I'm like ready to roll. I look over at the coach and I said, can you turn up the mic? He says, it is turned up. 
So that was 2013. And uh, March of 2019, after a long tenure in Toastmasters, um, I did get first place in a division contest, uh, which is an award that I do literally, as you saw, keep it within arm's reach because that shows that I can overcome any fear. That does. That's, that is such beautiful evidence. I love that. And as you guys can all see, he's also a fabulous storyteller. <laughs> that also took practice. <laughs> and, and that's what it is. It's like, it's practice. So my other question that I ask all of my guests um, on the front end is what habit could you not live without? Wow, these are hard questions. What <laughs> habit could I not live without? I think of, when I think about habits, I think of bad habits. Um, I think a habit that I could not live without is the habit to not ever be quite satisfied. I don't know if that's really a habit, but when I look at things, I'm always thinking what's next. And not to say that maybe not satisfied is not the right language, uh, because I can say like, this is great. I appreciate the things that I have. My life is, you know, I've got many blessings in my life, yeah. but I always want to go more, whether it's more than what I know. Um, and for example, this is going to totally give a little bit of a timestamp, but the whole NFT and crypto thing's going crazy right now. And I know nothing about it. So I'm like, I need to know this stuff. And somebody made a comment. I think it was Gary Vaynerchuk. He says, you know, you're, and he didn't say it to me, obviously he said it in the video, but he says, look, right now you're nervous about this online crypto stuff and these NFT things, but it wasn't that many years ago when you made fun of your parents, or your grandparents for not wanting to put a credit card online. Now you're doing the same thing. And I went, Oh, okay. Like this is real now. So I just want to keep getting better. I don't, maybe I just don't want to become irrelevant that, right. that a whole lot deeper than I intended. Right. To go. <laughs> wow. Uh, but, but I think that's what it is. Like I, I want to, like part of what I do, like, yes, I teach and train sales and I love it, but even more so what I do is I, I help inspire people. Yeah. And the moment when I can't give them information that helps them take one more step forward, that's the moment when I feel like I become irrelevant. Yes. And to me, that's that. not acceptable. I get that. Yes. And I think, you know, myself coming from this, the world of speaking, it's always staying relevant because it's the people who don't stay relevant that they just die off. And it's, it, I think it's also like that, just constantly like, like desiring to learn, to make Absolutely. ourselves better. Yeah. And, and, and just to build on that even further, because this got, like I said, I said, that got really deep, but, but you've got, and this is where I'm going to add some controversy to the interview right from the start. So people will listen to it. Um, but in the sales training space, yeah. you've got these phenomenal trainers like Brian Tracy. People don't even think of him as a sales guy anymore. They think of him as an author and a speaker, but mm -hmm. his core is sales. Yes. Um, Tom Hopkins, um, like all, all the, I mean, the late Zig Ziglar. And I think Zig is probably, sorry guys, I think Zig Zig's the best out of the crew, <laughs> but as far as the content goes, but things are changing. Some of the core sales elements will always be the same, but because how quickly time changes, the attention span that our audience has now does not want to hear about the six steps to creating a seamless sales process. They want to hear 
how can I use messenger to increase my conversions? Like they want something that feels relevant. Now, if they see a book in a bookstore that was written in 1970 by the great Zig Ziglar and the book next to it from, let's say Grant Cardone, who's, you know, very now here and now sales trainer, they're going to pick up Grant Cardone's only because it feels more relevant from the timeline. It doesn't matter how timeless the strategies are. People want to feel the content. If I pick up a, a book that does annual refreshers, I'm like, oh, this is only the fourth edition. And I know there's a fifth edition out in my mind that 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 edition's useless. I need to find right. the newest one. Right. Otherwise, why would I spend my money on it? Exactly. I, I completely agree. Things are changing so fast. And I think as human beings, we're starting to understand like that we have options. Like as customers, we have options. And we have so much information at our fingertips, like just, you know, the mini computers in our pockets, our phones. So um, 14, huh? He started selling at 14. Well, I also have a belief that life is sales. So anybody who is like any of my clients or even like when I was um, in, you know, like in college and I would hear people say, well, when I get out of school, like, I don't want to sell. It's like life is sales. You're always selling something. Well, the, I think whether you realize it or not. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm often asked like when I made my first seller, when I fell in love with sales and at age 14 is when it happened. And that was about a $1 scratch ticket that I thought was cool. Uh, but when I really did my first sales, um, I was probably 11 or 12 in grade six when that was the class that ran the ice cream stand for the school. Like, oh, it's who, who goes and buys the ice cream. That's the first time I was interacting with money. I had to make change. I mean, part of it was getting, getting the, and, and it's so interesting because this, so much of this actually wasn't covered in class, but it was, hey, who's on ice cream duty today? And two kids at lunch hour. Are you ready to leverage speaking as your best form of marketing? There are over 7,500 events looking for speakers every single day. Speaking positions you as the expert in the room, but you probably don't know where to start. So I created this great resource called the Directory of Places to Speak. This resource will help you get started today. So head on over to speakandstandout.com forward slash directory to grab your free copy now. Don't miss this opportunity to be the expert speaking to audiences filled with your ideal clients. Or would sit at a desk that's pulled out into the hallway, have a cash box slipped in there, and people would come up and buy their ice cream sandwiches, their fudgicles, their whatever. Um, and it was just, I mean, one, it did generate money for the school. Two, it taught the people running the, the grade six group that I was in about money and commerce, which is fantastic. And three, it gave the kids a good kick of sugar if they were going to yeah. sleep after lunch. So, but, but, so that was really the first time uh, that I remember. And, uh, and I don't normally tell that part of the story because it's not, it's, that's not the day that I fell in love. And, I, and that isn't specific to me. That's specific to anybody that went through my school. That was a really small school. But, and I'm, I'm sure schools all over the world do this, but I, I don't want to kind of over, like, uh, I don't want to overlook the importance of that. And I, like I said, I tell the story about the scratch ticket because that was mine. But the fact that we have schools and even going out to raise money, selling, like I bought a, a big order of coffee from uh, one of my good friends, daughters now he just said hey he wants to buy coffee he put it on facebook and did the lazy way but 
um, if she would, and I would, would have loved to have her call me up. Hey, Uncle Jeremy, would you like, you know, that's sales. And that's what I think we should be doing. Because yes, these campaigns happen to raise money for schools. Mm-hmm. But I think as parents, and I'm saying this, not a parent at the moment. Stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. Um, but I think that we owe it to our kids to make sure that we're infusing these components of sales and business throughout every possible stage. Yeah, maybe you might not want them going knocking on doors. That's not safe. I get it. But there is nothing bad that will happen to them other than maybe damaging their self-confidence if they pick up the phone and call people. Right. And, and as, as the parent, and again, like I'm not a parent either, but just to be able to like, oh, that one didn't work out. Okay. Mm. What's, you know, like just being able to ask and like, almost like coach them through that. So, so what does that mean? That just means they're not interested right now. Like, don't take it personal. Let's move on to the next one, which just then helps us. I I mean, there's so many areas I think that those lessons would help children like later in life too. Well, and even I found myself just a couple of years ago, a friend of mine um, had started her own business and was really, really nervous. And she goes, I think I got to go door to door. And she was in a town that she'd never been in just hanging out, meeting a friend. She goes, no one's around today. Uh, I'm going to go and and actually do this thing. And I'm like, great. So I kind of coasted her a little bit through it. And she walked in the first place. And I said, you know, call me when you're done. And like 30 seconds later, she called me. She goes, that was horrible. Oh my gosh. They basically booted me out. I'm done. I'm like, nope, you're not done yet. Because that will suddenly become your entire experience of cold calling. And we can't have that. And so she walked into the next one and it was a real estate office. They welcomed her in, walked her around the office, showed her everybody and and said, and and it was a potential lead. And I said, okay, now at least you've got a 50-50 experience. Yeah. You're not going to be ruined for life. And didn't you make her do a third one? I feel I like did. I've heard I, the story. Yeah, I probably did. I am. <laughs> My memory's fading fast, but I, I, yeah. I, th- I think I did. Yeah, because I wanted to see where the odds landed after that. Um, so in somebody who like who teaches sales, both you know to um, individuals, but also specifically to teams, like is there like one or two areas that here's like here are the most common obstacles? Um, and one you're super familiar with because you even help me with it sometimes, uh, which is the mindset. Yeah. Mindset of money or what it means to have sales. And, I, and they, they are very much related. So I'm going to say this, guys, um, and you can label me however you want based on your opinion of this, but I have a stack of 20,000 US dollars that is fake money sitting in front of my computer. Now, this is completely thanks to Lorianne suggesting it. <laughs> I went on Amazon, I spent 20 or 30 bucks to get this stack of cash. Because in my mind, I want having $20,000 US, now this is, again, it's fake, um, but I want $20,000 US to be a normal thing in my brain, just rewiring, okay? But when it comes to sales, um, with teams that I run, especially if they're newer to sales or newer to the particular space they're selling in, their perception of what's expensive Mm. is probably not the same of what the audience or the potential clients that a label of expensive is and so and so i spend a lot of time saying hey let's look at it this way because we are like naturally we look through life through our own lens Mm -hmm. and so whatever experience we had whether it was the salesperson that was beaten on the door trying to sell encyclopedias in the 80s and you saw your parents get upset or whether they bought or not, it doesn't matter if that's the feeling you got when you had that first sales experience, or whether it was on a car lot where someone was poorly trained and just wanted the commission and was really pushy. If that's your experience and that's what you think sales is, 
then you're going to want to do everything in your power to avoid being that. Yes. And so we, one, we need to make sure that your experience is more than just that. But two, understanding that you get to decide what that experience is. Sales is simply this. Sales is identifying what somebody's challenge is and helping them solve it, period. That's it. That's it. And we do that anyway. We just don't call it sales. Right. Right. I mean, you and I, once a week, we go, hey, what are your challenges this week? What are your challenges? And, and we talk about it. And we're selling each other our ideas. All the time. Yes. And both of our businesses are better for it. Yeah. Because we get that feedback, right? We all need someone to sell us because if we had all the answers or all the confidence to pull the trigger and all the answers, we wouldn't need anybody else. We'd all be billionaires owning our own <laughs> islands and changing you know, the world however we want to. Mm-hmm. But we're not there yet because we need help. We need guidance. We need someone to show us the way to make the next step in growing our value. And that's all sales, whether you're buying a piece of furniture or uh, a laptop or anything or anything, or you're deciding to donate that extra, you know, $10 to your church or some other charity or some, you know, hungry child in another country, whatever it is, it's all sales. It is. And it's so like, you know, sales is, this is what I've always said, you know, take care from the neck up because that will take care from the neck down. Like you will like, just like you said, if you have a different perception of like, well, what is, you know, expensive and stop taking on somebody else's, uh, stop being responsible for what, how somebody defines what's, what expensive is. And you're just going to naturally ask the next question. Well, like compared to what, you know, how much longer do you want to keep searching for this, you know, like online for a solution, you know, how much energy, like, I always think of that, like how much energy I'm wasting not just like pulling the trigger, you know, how much, how much more time am I going to like DIY this, like whatever the project is. It's like, it's, it's just easier just to like, here you go, let somebody else do it. Well, in in my, in my sales presentations now, um, when I have a client that has a range of like done for you versus done with you versus done solo, um, I, I just start with, look, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, we come across people that are typically in one of two situations. You've got more time than money or more money than time. What do you feel you are? And if they say, yeah, we've got more money than time. Guess what? I'm going for a done for you option. Yeah. Because you're more likely to pay extra money to free up your time. Cause that person knows and not that other people don't, but they don't acknowledge it. But that person knows that the most valuable asset in our life is time. Mm-hmm. We spend it every single day, no matter what we do with it. And we never get it back. Yeah. Time is currency. Yeah. And so if, but on the other hand, if you're someone that feels like you've got more time than money, things are tight, you're just starting out, had a rough patch, whatever, then it's probably more financially advantageous for you to put the time in to do it. If you don't have access to those resources or to challenge those people's thinking, if you haven't been able to be resourceful enough to find a way to uh, outsource those pieces. Damn. Love that. That's a, and that's a gold question right there. Are you, you know, got more time than money or more money than time? I mean, that just really like, you know, like that makes people like they get to make the decision. It really lets you know, as, as the person who's like at the solution, like which ballpark they're in so that now you can actually like cater 
the rest of your the rest of your pitch, the rest of your presentation to fit that answer. And, and, and everybody wants to be put in a box. As much as people say they don't, oh no, don't label me. You know what though? How many times do you push a button on those darn social media quizzes to find out what Disney princess you are or what your last name would be if you were in royalty or like, or whatever. Like we just, we want to have things that identify our personality. Yeah. So, uh, and this works actually works better for people that are in general, less wealthy. Okay. And the reason this is, is because the, the way they, I mean, the way they answer the question might not even always be true. They just want it to be true. Oh no, I've, I've definitely got more time than money or more money than time, sorry. Uh, and they're like, oh, okay, well, here's our program for 16 grand. Well, and then, you know, so you've got to undo it. Um, but some people are at that pivot point where they finally made that decision. I've got more money than I have time. And because of that, I'm going to use that money to buy more time. And when they're in that transition, they're more likely to say, yeah, you know what? I will pay to have it done for me. I'll pay to have my yard taken care of. I'll pay to have a cleaner come in once a week. I'll, you know, because money is no longer the most valuable thing in your mind. Time right. is. Right. But then as people, as businesses grow, the idea of them doing anything themselves just isn't even part of their thing. Their response to that question, do you have more time than money or more money than time? Is probably, I've got a team that'll take care of it. Yes. And so that's, uh, you know, that's, that's beautiful. So. It's beautiful. It's powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and it, it tells you, it lets you, them tell you exactly where they're at. Yeah. So where do you think like energy comes and enthusiasm comes into this to selling as well? Especially like, you know, like now we're doing presentations on zoom on, you know, just having like uh, webinars, um, just picking up the phone, energy and enthusiasm. You know, it's everything. And so I, I guess I will tell you the scratch ticket story uh, when I was 14. So I was working at a convenience store and this $1 scratch ticket came in. And on the top of the scratch ticket was the brand Dooley's, which is a pool hall or a billiards hall based in Canada, which is where I'm at. And I played a little bit of pool. Um, I wasn't very athletic, but pool was something I could sort of do. So I got excited. And the first person walked in the door and I said, hey, have you seen these? You should buy one. And they did. And the next person walked in and said, hey, have you seen these? You should buy one. He bought two. And that continued through the whole weekend. And this is just a part-time, like a weekend job. By the end of the weekend, I had sold out of these scratch tickets. And I realized that my enthusiasm, my energy, my passion could influence somebody's buying decision. You can't tell me a $1 scratch ticket's a smart investment. Like it's not something that's gonna change someone's life. I think the max winning of that might've been a hundred grand. I mean, that might've made somebody's day, um, you know, and I guess could have made an impact, but the likelihood of it being there was super low, right? Like you're not gonna get rich in the lottery. However, my enthusiasm combined, it wasn't just my enthusiasm, combined with the low point of entry, it was a buck, yeah. made it a very easy sell. But if it was just, hey, would you like to spend a dollar on this? That doesn't sound exciting. No, it doesn't. But hey, have you and seen people these? Would you just try it. <laughs> Right. Like, yeah, it was a pure momentum sale. The energy makes such a difference. And when so you're in a sales call, this is a thing that people completely overlook. They're worried about the script and words matter. Words absolutely matter. But mm -hmm. what's even more important than what you say is how you say it. And so when I'm showing you, let's pretend that we're in a sales conversation here. If I say, Lorian, I've got this great product. It's absolutely going to change your life. All you need to do is invest $16,000 and 
this time next year, you will see an extra $10,000 per month in your business. How does that feel from your end? Just honestly. Like, I want to know more information. I got to see stuff. Like it it just like, I go totally left brain and like, I have to go into logic and I need more. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, if I said, Lorianne, have I got something for you? Look, I know you want to increase your income. you, You say you could use an extra 10 grand a month, right? Yeah. Check this out. I've got a program that can walk you step by step through it. In fact, there's not even that much work on your end. And by this time next year, you'll see that 10 grand a month happening and your investment for that $10,000 a month increase, which is like 120 grand a year, it's only $16,000. Want to check it out? I'm already leaning in. Exactly. And I've already part- heard the original pitch. Exactly. And, and, and part of it's because I'm leaning in because we're on video, power yeah. of video. Mm-hmm. because I'm more excited. I'm more engaged. And you're like, yeah. And you, yeah, you knew exactly what was coming, but you couldn't help it. Yes. And, and part of it's because I'm enthusiastic. The other part is this, and this is something that I, I do in some of my trainings, but I don't talk about very often is when you get into a sales conversation, if you meet somebody and I'm just going to make up these numbers, but let's just say that your level of energy, or I call it momentum, um, but your energy or your tonality um, comes in at like a level one out of 10. And this is why when a lot of people that have done call center stuff, they're like, don't ask somebody how they are. It slows you down. You don't want the answer, blah, blah, blah. Well, I, I want to know. I want to ask them an intro question because I want to hear where their tonality is at. What's that level of momentum? So they come in at a level one. And so let's just say, um, let's do a little quick role play for a couple seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say, hey, Lorianne, it's Jeremy calling from Permission to Sell. How are you? I'm good. Okay, so I'm going to put that at about a two and a half, three, and I'm going to, so, and I want to come in at about three, three and a half. So you said, I'm good. It's like, oh, okay, well, I'm glad to hear that. And then I'm going to start bringing my energy up a little bit by a little bit, and you're going to end up following me. So I'm going to say, oh, that's good. Um, tell me a little bit about why you're looking to grow your business. And then I'm going to start talking a little bit louder, maybe a little bit faster because just, and this is where like, you know, like my love for the brain science comes in and that's just naturally what happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so you keep doing it. And I know the people listening to the audio version are not going to see this, but um, you know, if you stare, like do a kind of a staircase with your hands, like level one, they come in, uh, let's say you're, you're at level three and then I come in at at a three and a half, they're going to come up to me and then I'm going to jump to a four and they're going to come up to me and I'm going to jump to a six and they're going to come up to me. You want to do it step by step though, not, not too extreme. Because if you go too extreme, if you're going, yeah, I'm okay. Oh man, but you let me tell you, I've got a great deal for you. Click. Disconnect. Doesn't feel emotionally right. You're going to hang up. Also the other way. Hey, I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm pretty good. And it's like, oh, I, that, that's not an energy that I want to have right now. Right, right. So you want to make sure that you're aligned and there's this little window and I don't know the science behind it. I just promise you it works that if you come in within a, a couple points in my ever so scientific momentum scale here, um, you're going to connect better with them. You can go above or below, but ultimately you want to go above so they come up and meet you and you continue up. Um, and at the end of the conversation, what happens is if they went from a momentum level of two and a half or three up to a nine or a 10, it doesn't matter whether or not they buy, suddenly they feel better after they spoke to you. And they'll relate that feeling of feeling great, feeling positive, feeling energetic to speaking with you and talking about your product and the company you represent. And no matter what happens, you're ahead by leaps and bounds because of that one technique. And again, rapport. Yeah. 
rapport. And I think, you know, like, and just like being able to pace with somebody else. And I have been guilty of jumping on a call, like, Hey, how are you? And then all of a sudden it's like, like, I literally had somebody say, Oh, wow. You're very energetic. And she was like a very quiet. And I was like, Oh, you know, and it was just like a get to know you call. So it's not like I was trying to sell or anything, but still it, it like, I just, I remember at that moment and re remembering the, how powerful building that rapport and pacing with somebody and matching their energy level is so key. Eventually it'll just come naturally. Like it's, I don't, I don't think about it anymore, but because I still teach and train it, I, I need to be aware of it. Yeah. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's just such a high impact strategy. This has been so, <clears throat> excuse me. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much for being here, but I have two more questions for you. Okay. All right. Yeah. You let so, me talk. I'll keep going. So be careful with the questions. What books are on your nightstand? Mm. Oh, what's it called? Um, Tim Grover. Uh, oh, what's it called? Ooh. The one he, uh, Tim Grover was the coach for like Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant or Bryant. Sorry. Um, and, uh, I forget what it's called. Hang on. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna just look because it's it's super important. Um, we'll just tell Leah to scratch this part, to edit yeah. this part. I'll, I'll just quietly, uh, yeah. Here. All right, I'll just ask you again. So what books are on your nightstand? Uh, there's two books on my nightstand right now, actually. One is the Bible. Uh, two is the book titled Relentless by Tim Grover, which talks about the level of performance, the, the level of focus needs to be to the level of relentless. And he was a coach to Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant um, and many other top performers. And it just talks about like what you need to go that far because we all have this battle inside us, right? We're, we're always um, fighting against ourselves, against procrastination, against external circumstances as well. And the people that are truly great, and I've actually got a little, uh, whatever this thing was called, Michael Jordan here. Uh, love me my, my uh, 90s bulls. You, to be great, to be the great one, the goat, the greatest of all time at whatever you do, you need to have a ridiculous level of focus and determination and just clear courage to overcome all the fear, all the resistance, all the hurdles that you're going to come across. And so being relentless talks about how he created a space and the ability to coach people to get to that level. And I'm not done the book yet. That's why I still in my nightstand, but it's, uh, he, he shares stories about people that have just like simple struggle. And even if in these high-end NBA championship games, there was something going on most cases it wasn't physical it was mental wow and so he tells a story about one player who he still wouldn't reveal the name of but right before the the day before a championship game he knew he was off and he jumped on a plane went to tim grover's camp or gym and talked to him and in i mean money is no object for these guys playing at the championship level yeah. so to jump on a plane is not a big deal but he snuck out didn't tell anybody where he went and, and went there and they got him up and, and got, got his head right and went back. And I, if I recall correctly, he went and won the game. Well, his team won the game. I, it sounds like a book I got to pick up. <laughs> so, awesome. Totally. It sounds like something that I love to read. So tell my audience, where can people find you so that they can continue to learn from you? 
So I would love if people went to salesteamrescue.com and listened to my podcast, um, obviously called salesteamrescue.com or called Sales Team Rescue. And we'll and, mention that in the, in the show notes as well. Awesome. Awesome. Um, also though, if you want to check out my, my main business page, permission to sell.com, find me on Facebook. Um, I'm Jeremy S. Demerchant on Facebook. You can friend me if I've got room, room for friends. Um, I phone's got room for friends, but <laughs> room for Facebook friends. There's some limits there. Yeah. Uh, but also check out my page, uh, facebook.com slash permission to sell is, is my company page. And you can find me on uh, Instagram, uh, Jeremy, uh, JS Demerchant. Um, and just search me. If you Google me, if you put in Jeremy Demerchant in Google, uh, I think I've got the first two pages. So you'll find Yeah, it. he does. He does. He's dominating the internet with his name, you know, and permission to sell. And he's got tons of great information and his podcast is a wealth of information. So we'll make sure that we link that down in the show notes as well. Jeremy, thanks so much for being a guest and sharing your knowledge and some of your great stories that I haven't even heard yet. <laughs> Lori, and thanks for having me here. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for hanging out with me. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And join me over in my private Facebook group for more tips, community, and free trainings. You'll find the link in the show notes. You can also help this podcast reach more listeners by leaving a review. And as a thank you, each month I pick one of my reviewers to win a free coaching call with me. So if you haven't done so already, please leave a review and you could be the next winner.